Welcome to another Thursday night edition of Real Monsters. I'm your host, S.K. Barrett, and joining me is the lovely and talented Wes Hobrick. Your Thursday night treat, I guess, if you are of the dark like we are. Yeah. We're all a little monstrous, I suppose, but <laughs> yeah, who knows? Little monsters are not as bad as big monsters. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a zombie of Vanna White. I was, uh, a friend of mine asked, you know, what are we talking about tonight? And I said, Zodiac. And they were like, don't you ever talk about something, you know, uplifting? And I said, uplifting? No. <laughs> now we're going to drag you down to the depths of hell. That's more where we're at. Yeah. I don't know how exactly how exactly you do uplifting. Although I suppose our show next week might be the closest we would get to it, considering the subject matter. And that subject matter is... I believe we have the scheduled um, weird defenses. Ah, our... yeah. That should be hilarious. That's yeah. Right. Weird defenses next week. Yep. <laughs> All so right. Join us and a guest for that too. So here's a here's a so this is for those of you tuning in. This we we kind of got on a kick of summertime killers, and even though you know these uh, serial killers have not all they don't just kill in the summer. You kind of associate them with summertime, like Son of Sam. Yeah, um, and Manson and now Zodiac is it's kind of you kind of think of them as a summertime thing. Yes, although this is one thing that we'll definitely be touching on as we talk about this. There's a lot of theories that float around, especially when they don't catch them. Yeah, those things, you know, the unsolved aspect of certain crimes um, can really really make obsessive people obsess yeah yes yep exactly so so tell me something what songs remind you of summertime yeah you know one that i guess kind of does but i associate it with zodiac in particular because of the movie is hurdy-gurdy man by donovan i was gonna say hurdy-gurdy man is a is a great one yeah and they did use it in the movie well and it was the um the intro and the outro basically in david fincher's 2007 movie which was excellent yeah oh yeah and it's perfect because zodiac was you know he viewed himself i think you could argue as somebody who's elite somebody who's better than your average human and that's what the lyrics are in um hurdy gurdy man of course it's not at all what donovan meant by it but you know that's what the hurdy gurdy man is supposed to be bringing you to a higher plane of existence as it were if you look at the lyrics one of the songs that uh, reminds me of summer is spill the wine Ooh, war that's a good one eric burden and war yeah in fact i put that on our playlist last week with manson oh cool yep on the 1969 playlist 
All right, so let's see. Do we got some history? Do, 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 do. This week yeah. in crime history. Got a couple notes with that. Um, August 8th, 1963. Two million pounds stolen by the 15-strong gang in the Great Train Robbery oh. in London. Wow. On the run for 30 years. Wow. So now the the novel that Crichton wrote was based on this actual crime? I believe I, so. I'm not sure, but I believe so. You know what's interesting about that is that he wrote that novel while he was a med student. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. And Dang, where did he find the time to do that? Jesus, I don't know. But this... it. He wrote enough and got enough money out of his writing at, while he was in college and as a med student that by the time he finished med school and his uh, internship, mm -hmm. that he decided to, he chose um, writing over medicine. Wow. Dang, I'm still a man. I'm going to have to research that question. How did he find the time to do it? <laughs> uh, his, his, his autobiography, I mean, it's not entirely an auto, I mean, it's not like a blow-by-blow -blow history of his life, but, his, but it is autobiographical. Um, his yeah. Travels. Uh, very insightful. Interesting. I am going to have to look that up. Super smart um, guy. Very talented guy. Uh, yeah, mean, let's see. How many people have to face that kind of a decision? Gosh, should I be a world-renowned <laughs> cardiac surgeon or write oh, books wow. and make movies? <laughs> so he was going into surgery, too, not just God, you know, general. I, I don't know. I, I pulled that out of my ass. I don't remember what his... his yeah, what his specialty. Yeah. I'll find I, that I out, I know too. that he did some interesting things while on his cardiac rotation. Interesting. One of the things uh, he one of the things he did is he asked patients why did you have a heart attack. He did an informal survey. Why did oh, you wow, have really? Yeah, and you know what he he wrote in his, this really stuck with me. Nobody said because they had blocked arteries. Mm -hmm. They all gave per, very personal reasons like I worked too hard, you know. I was under a lot of stress. I was, you know, it was all, you know, the, mm -hmm. every every patient that he talked to had a reason, and none of them were medical. Oh, I'm sure. Dang. But, uh, yeah, next entry, August 9, 1969, the Tate murders, yes. which we covered last week. Yes. Um, if you haven't, if you weren't part of that show last week, go look it up. It's yes. worth watching. Definitely. Um, August 10th, 1977, David Berkowitz arrested and charged with being the son of Sam. We covered him, what, two, two weeks, weeks ago? ago? Yeah. Yes, yeah, so look that one up as well. I still say you haven't seen a bullshit artist quite like him. Man. Uh, maybe I'm what. wrong. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Bundy was pretty good at it. This is true. I don't know. Something with something well, about him. Bundy, with Bundy was Bundy was more of a you know he was more of a narcissist. 
This is true. He just wanted the spotlight on him. He it was, but uh, Berkowitz was just he just make shit up. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of what it seemed like. Yeah, Yeah, that he would just make up shit to try to get out of trouble. Yeah, you know. Whereas with Bundy, you could at least see a purpose to why he would lie. But um, August 11th, 1950, Ethel Rosenberg arrested and charged with treason. Whoa. For those who don't know, she was later hung along with her spouse, Julius. Ethel and Julius Rosenberg, Russian spies. Russian spies. Yep. Uh, you know, you know, you know the, I think the current estimate from the uh, one of the intelligence agencies, whether it's the internal or external one, I forget. The current mm-hmm. estimate is something on the order of 100,000 foreign spies operating within the U.S. right now. Wow. How are they defining spy, though? I don't know. Huh. Interesting. I guess kind people of... who take secrets out and give them to other governments to to their government that they came from i mean if you were to define it by the treason statute it would be just giving aid and comfort oh that would be that would get into the millions then wouldn't it (laughs) yeah it would be much wider and half of congress (laughs) no shit but um yeah you know, that's another question I was researching a bit of before we got into Zodiac, was the um, estimated number of active serial killers as well. And the guy that I was looking at said he estimated about 20 in any single year. Ten of them caught, ten of them still active. I thought the FBI numbers were like ten times that. Yeah. This guy, I mean, maybe he's wrong, but I would have to look into it a bit more, but that's what he said. Okay. And about 200 dead every year from them. Hmm. Maybe he's going at a longer timeline, but um, August 12th, 1927, John Robinson hanged as the first murderer in the Brighton Trunk Murders. Oh, those were so creepy. They were. I still find it hard to believe they were unrelated, too. How could they be unrelated? That's, that's so bizarre. That's what my research said. I mean, I don't know. And for those who don't remember, this was two different women who were murdered, dismembered, and put in trunks and left in um, Brighton and other areas of England around well, this time. Well, at least one of them, what they would do is you could buy a ticket just for luggage, right? Yep. On the trains. Yep. And so they would buy a, a, a ticket to another train station somewhere else in England and put this luggage on this train. And then it would just sit in the in the baggage area until somebody claimed it. And they put <laughs> and they were shipping bodies this way. Yeah, claimed it or discovered the smell. Yeah, that would be a giveaway, <laughs> wouldn't it? It'd be a bit of a problem, I would think. But yeah, I think we should um, do an episode on that sometime. Um, August fourteenth, nineteen eighty-four, the Sudanese allow extradition of Carlos the Jackal for <gasps> murders in France. Now, maybe I'm wrong, but was this the same movie that had Bruce Willis? 
he played a character called the Jackal in the movie called the Jackal. Yeah. <laughs> and I think there yeah. was an earlier edition of the movie too. Wasn't there one in the sixties or seventies? Maybe there was, I was trying to remember if right. his, the I'm Jackal was a um, fictional character. Or if it was based on this though. It's for the I know uh, Day of the Jackal was the is the one I was thinking of from the okay. 70s. Let's see what it says. Carlos the Jackal. It's about an assassin called the Jackal, plot to kill Charles de Gaulle. So that could that's, oh wow that was 1973. Evan oh, evidently Fox. came from Venezuela, huh? Yeah, this one says there was a um, French-German TV series called Carlos. But I guess the Bruce Willis movie is unrelated. It's just a different um, hitman. But at any rate, yeah, the Sudanese extra extradited him to France. Um, let's see, August 15, 1995. Moses Sithole kills his 22nd victim. This guy was the most prolific serial killer in South Africa. I can't remember his final tally, but it was South big. Africa, huh? 38 plus is how many he killed. Apprehended in 1995, so that year. Yeah, he was the one who would rape them and then leave them in fields. Wow. Things are things are things are kind of squirrely in uh, South Africa right now. Oh, really? I haven't been following much um, news yeah. out of there recently. What's been going on? Um, it's um, there's there, there's a lot of murdering going on <laughs> of oh. farm farm owners. In the name of reparations. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just like I'm sure there would be in this country, too, if some, certain people had their way. Man. Yeah. But that is getting down a rabbit hole I do not want to get down there. No. Kind of a bizarre Duke. question. Um. Yeah, getting into the Zodiac, that was Jack Levin, a criminologist at Northeastern, who had that um, estimate I was talking about. Okay. Yeah, about 20 of them yearly, which equals about 200 deaths. And that is, you know, what's so interesting about Zodiac is not just all the airs he put on, like the famous ciphers. But also the simple fact that he just wasn't caught, you know? Yeah, that that freaks people out. I mean, in the sense that um, uh, you know, people people want things wrapped up, right? Oh, and, absolutely. And leaving them, and justifiably, right? You want to know you know, because people like Zodiac, they scare the shit out of people, and and rightfully so. Um, and you know, you don't want this to be just just to go away quietly. <laughs> you want, you know, right. you want to know that the guy has 
and most often it's guys. Let's be fair. Uh, yeah. Not, not just guys, but most often guys. You know, you oh, want to sure. know those guys are caught and punished. Absolutely. They want a, they want justice. They want finality, like you said. Absolutely. Uh, you know, also, I guess this idea of him being a master criminal, too. But, you know, that that's another thing that kind of yeah. is weird about this is that he really didn't do all that much. If you look no. at Zodiac scale, um, the scale to the actual violent deeds, but, you know, and what I, what I um, just kept a tally of with my research was what they consider his canonical killings. So any stuff where there are a lot of questions there, I left it out. Um, and yeah, yeah. I mean, he, well, there's some questions. He claimed some things that he couldn't have done, right? Right. I mean, or, we know that for a fact. Yeah. That he did that more than a few times. And that gets into the Zodiac as a publicity hound, too. Which I think you could argue was actually his main reason for doing it. Because, you know, it sure as heck wasn't the violence with that because there really wasn't all that much when you look at what he did his first murder december 20th 1968 david faraday age 17 betty lou jensen age 16 both of them died what's he do he shoots them with a nine millimeter luger i got a i got a piece uh, i got a map here that i'm gonna pull up because i want people to have an uh, you know concept of the geography. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this it's is pretty this big. Is San Francisco Bay Area, but you know, not San Francisco by quite a, a ways. Right, Northern California. So these two were a couple of young people out in Lovers Lane, right? Yeah, basically, they're both shot by, like we said, a 9mm Luger. And the reason that we knew that actually early on was his um, phone call to, of all people, the police. But this wasn't until six months later when he shot Michael McGough, 19, and Darlene Farron, 22, on July 4th. McGough got shot four times Farron got shot nine times. Jeez. And what's he do after that? He goes, he finds a payphone, calls the um, Vallejo Police Department, and says, I want to report a double murder. They were both shot with a nine millimeter Luger. I also killed those kids last year. And one thing that really stood out to the receptionist with that was how he said goodbye. Which and, was and goodbye like that, literally. Wow. So there's an was, interview with her on um, YouTube that's pretty interesting. So that's 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 kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he's mechanical and he's monotone when he's describing the uh, details of the crime, but then when he gets to that, it's like. 
you know, something flicks on. And he's now, messing with them. From my understanding, so was the second couple shot with a Luger as well? Yes. Now, to my understanding, there's nothing special about the ammunition that a Luger shoots. It's just a nine millimeter round, am I, as far as I know. That, and, as far as I know, that's correct. Yeah. So it's not like a cop would pick up the casing from a from this crime scene and go, "Oh, this was a Luger." No. If no, he, I mean, if he, he would. hadn't provided that information in the nine one one call, you know, they they would have just said nine millimeter. Yeah. Oh yeah, they would have, and it, it when you get through this. The first time that he sends the letters to um, the SN, the San Francisco Examiner and the San Francisco Chronicle and oh, the Vallejo I, Times. I got that letter. Let me pull it up. About a month after the um, second shooting, when he sent those letters, he even went to um, note the brand of the ammunition that he used in the 9mm. Yes. As you can see it right there under one, um, brand name of ammo, Super X. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, on the Christmas one, 10 shots were fired. That's one thing that got me about that second scene was you have the guy only getting shot four times, but nine bullets in the female. Uh-huh. That seems like overkill to me. Even if she was trying to escape, which all um, reconstructions of the scene don't say that. They say, you know, she was basically dead after a couple shots from it. Mm. Even if she were trying to escape, nine seems like overkill to me. Especially well, in and, that and, second scene when the guy lived. And not especially accurate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... You can kill somebody with one shot if it's well placed. Oh, oh absolutely. It most definitely. And uh, you know, while you throw in the variable of both of these crimes happening at night, the way that he actually um, improved his accuracy with that was taking a pen light and literally using masking tape around it on the barrel of the gun. Oh. So and he, he, he was effectively trying to create what we now have as laser targeting. Essentially, yeah. I guess nobody in the 60s had thought to do that, but I don't it seemed think, like a no, rather I, novel I'm, I'm technique. Guessing, I'm guessing they, they hadn't really come to that uh, concept uh, in the you know, uh, sighting technology. You know, we mm -hmm. had scopes and we had lights, but we hadn't really got to the laser stage yet. I don't, as I recall. Mm hmm Yeah, this is true. Maybe military had it, but I'm thinking maybe not, because it would have been too bulky. I don't think the circuitry was small enough in those days. Well, but that is an interesting part of this as well. After the um, next scene when he strikes uh, September 29, 1969 
um, Brian Hartnell and Cecilia Shepard both stabbed at a uh, lake, at Lake Berryessa in Napa County. This is where we get the theory of Zodiac being military. And why is that? It's because of the um, boot print of a size 10 and a half wing walker, which is only, you know, sold to the military so they can walk on the wings of planes effectively. I was going to say, that sounds like something you would wear if you were around aircraft. Yep. Or a barnstormer. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Wing walkers, for those of you who don't know, the old-timey world, uh, post-World War I um, aerobatic uh, flyers, people who would literally get out and walk on the wings during a, a show of, a, you know, using the old World War One biplanes. Those guys were called wing walkers. Interesting. I didn't know that part. Plenty of those guys died putting on a show. Oh, interesting. King Cobra says in 1975, the Swedish optics company Aimpoint AB marketed the first electronic red dot site. Combining a reflecting curved mirror and a light-emitting diode. And that is, uh, that's a great piece of information, and it proves the point. They were not available when uh, Zodiac uh, started up his um, uh, career, if we'll call it that. His career in his jerry-rigged version. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. But... Yeah, at the Lake Berryessa scene, he switched up his M.O. Um, for the first time, brought out about a 12-inch um, long hunting knife that he stabbed the couple with. And again, the woman died, the man did not. But um, one interesting thing that he did leave at that scene, and I'm pretty sure I included a picture of it, was the uh, door of the Carmen Ghia. That oh, had the yeah. writing on it. <laughs> this is one of those things. <laughs> well, that was also from the scene right there, the drawing of Zodiac wearing an executioner's hood. Yes. That is that is what the couple saw at scene, and Brian Hartnell later gave that in the description. Uh, no, I'm 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 laughing because you know we have had we had plenty of discussions about. You know, which images are we going to want to see individually? Uh-huh. Yeah, did we put too many of them in there? No, 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 no. I just didn't do that one. <laughs> yeah, there's the one we'll have to get to next. Paul Stein. There we go. With the writing on the car, you can see the, the two murders in Vallejo. 12 20 and then September 27th being at Lake Berryessa in Napa County. And uh, that alone, having those two separate jurisdictions get into another, gets into another problem with this that really stymied law enforcement at the time. And that was coordinating um, information cross-jurisdictionally. And we've heard this story before. Yes, we have. Several times. Yep. Um, I think that you know, Bundy comes to mind. He took advantage of that. He he actually was consciously aware 
of the problems with interdepartmental communications, interjurisdictional mm -hmm. communications. And he consciously took advantage of that. Others did so. Um, Lucas and um, Tool. Tool did as well, just to name two. This is true. I mean, they definitely did um, a little bit later on with that. But, you know, I think Zodiac might have been the first to really take advantage of it. Um, quite possibly, yeah. Although, you know, there might have been um, some before him. That was a question I really should have looked into, because one that did come to mind with that was um, Charles Starkweather on his crime spree. He wasn't a serial killer by definition, but he was a mass murderer who crossed a buttload of jurisdictions. Was he? A, was it more like a spree with him? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Starkweather was more of a mass or a spree killer than a serial killer. But yeah, um, you had that as a big problem there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he had a gun with him at Lake Be at Lake Berryessa, but for whatever reason, he decided to use his knife on those two. Yeah, that's you know that and shifting up jurisdictions is confusing to was in those days confusing to the police, but changing up your mo would have also been crossing up those wires. Yes. Oh, absolutely. You know, and it almost makes me wonder if he didn't do it because he knew he was more alone. Or he, he didn't might have, have known that there was. He didn't yeah, he hurry. didn't have to hurry. That's a better way of saying it. Yeah, because like the first kids who were just in a lover's lane, anybody, people could have, hop, you know, happened by at any point, right? But, yeah. But the, the kids by the lake... They weren't, I mean, it, really, they weren't really kids. They were young adults. Um, college kids, yeah. yeah. You know, they were more isolated. He could take his time. Exactly. He could see people coming because it was, what, maybe um, evening when he killed him? Yeah. I think it said around 6.30 on the car. You know, whereas at night, you're going to have car lights that you're right. going to see, obviously, but... Um, people could pull up rather fast still. But, yeah, they had Lake Berryessa. And, again, the uh, man lived. The woman did not. But and, what's and, really... And the survivor from that attack would come into play later on, right? He would. Um, much later on, actually. Much, much later on, yes. Um, but jumping ahead to October 11th, 1969, this is when Zodiac goes into the city and kills the cabbie Paul Stein with a gunshot to the head at, um, the corner of Washington and Cherry. Mm hmm You know, and this is partly where this whole water theory of the crime comes into play, too. I, I... I never really uh, saw much of that. So tell, let's explain that theory. <laughs> I don't believe in it much either, but um, he killed all the victims 
somewhere near a body of water or um or uh washington and cherry washington yeah you know? that's lame yeah it's it is it's and that's the thing is you get a lot of that a lot of those little rabbit holes when you're talking about something like zodiac yeah but it well, is interesting I mean, how I mean, san uh-huh. francisco is near a body of water yeah, that's true too. You could have stretched it out to that even. But um Yeah, it's interesting in and of itself why he would even bother shooting a cabbie when, you know, all the other victims have been lovers at lovers' lanes. And he left gloves behind, right? He did. He left some he, evidence. He took them off and he left gloves behind after he shoots him in the back of the head. And he takes but, his fares, which was like a couple of bucks. Around $8.25 for the night was about it. Wow. That's nothing. Yeah. But, yeah, it, you know, and it, at any other first blush with this, it's going to look like just any other um, bit of crime happening in San Francisco at that time. And, in fact, they're still not sure how this happened, but... The initial description for the person that was seen getting out of Paul Stein's cab was a African-American male. That was the description that was sent over the SFPD radio that night. And was that provided by the, the witnesses, that description? I Honestly, I am not sure where that came from. But they did figure it out. Not really quick, but not, like, dragging their feet slow, either. And they corrected it to the um, guy who's about uh, 5'8", crew-cut, glasses, stocky. It's the Zodiac that we have in the uh, mugshot, is the description that was mostly from that night. But, yeah, I'm not totally sure where that got started, that it was a black guy who did it. Whether that was the witnesses at the coroner or whether that was the cops right. that supposedly saw him. Let me let me get the uh, here. Let's pull this up separately. But at any rate, a um, partial there. Yeah, there it is. That's the one that started off from. That crime scene. Glasses, crew cut, heavy set. Oddly enough, that's also the one that... um, Was it Trump who started saying that Ted Cruz was the Zodiac? No. Was it? (laughs) I think it was. It might have been Trump, but whoever it was put Cruz's picture next to that, and it's hilarious. I mean, it's stupid, but it's funny, you know. Um, but yeah, it started that night, and the only bit of evidence that was left around was a latent thumbprint in blood on the cab. To be fair, though, you could put damn near anybody's picture next to Zodiac, and they'd look like him. <laughs> yeah, kind of like I did when I was screwing around at Photoshop at work today. Put yours on there. Oh, God, let's... let's... <laughs> Let's do that. 
If you want to pull it up, I think I uploaded it to Facebook, but yeah, and you know, there's it's not even clear that that is the person who was in that cab's thumbprint that was left. You know, and this is a question that the cops were asking themselves at the time. Why would the master criminal, master criminal in quotes, who hasn't left a print on any of the letters he's been sending out or any of the other crime scenes, why would he suddenly leave one now? Especially when he was wearing gloves, for Christ's sake. Right. Yeah, it's pretty careless. It's incredibly careless. But, you know, it, I just, I don't know. I think it all, it gets back to looking at and evaluating what his main goals were, what the Zodiac's goals were. And I think it's pretty evident if you look at the letters and especially the ciphers that he sent out, his goal was creating terror. It wasn't even so much murder. Yeah, and and it worked, right? Oh, absolutely. It definitely did. Um, Which, um, by the way, the 340 cipher from Zodiac hasn't been solved to this day. Okay, which, pretty one, much, which one's that? That's the one that has 340 characters on it. I think it's okay. marked. Ah. Uh, uh, but the first one that he sent to the papers, which was around the um, August 4 letter that he sent out, was actually cracked by two high school teachers in Salinas, California. That right. was the first one, yeah. I, I'm trying to find the right one here. Yeah, I'm looking through it on the sites that I have up. I think it's not this one, but this one. Yes, that is the one that has not been solved. Every single agency in the United States federal government has taken a crack at it. Yeah. And they haven't been able to solve it. I'm pretty sure the DOD looked at it, too. Well, this brings up a point that we were talking about before the show, and that is that unsolved codes, well, unsolved crimes make people crazy just to begin with. Oh, absolutely. Uh, unsolved codes just drive people around the bend trying to solve them. Mm -hmm. um, it, people get so fucking obsessed with these unsolved codes and, and, and unsolved mysteries of all kinds, like Oak Island, like Voynich, like, um, mm -hmm. hell, even, uh, uh, you know, Nostradamus. <laughs> People don't like things being unsolved. And and there are people out there who obsess over these unsolved problems. Crimes, uh, manuscripts, codes. People think, I'm going to be the one to solve this shit. They do. They get that sort of complex in their head about it. Yeah. But, um, hey, yeah, I mean, I wonder if somebody's put a dollar figure out on the 340 cipher. If you can you convincingly, oh, oh, you mean, if uh, you can convincingly crack it. 
we'll give you so much money. Because, I mean, yeah, you have a lot of people out there who say, yeah, you know, I've cracked it and blah, 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 blah. But if you really um, needle down their logic with it, it falls apart pretty quick. What about the first? There was a, a couple who's, who claimed to have decrypted the first. Oh, no, they did. It's definite that they did. Okay. That was the uh, Donald, I think his name was Donald Hardin and then his wife. Two high school teachers in Salinas, California. Cracked that one. So that was... That's uh, the one you have up there. It it translates to... I like killing people because it is so much fun. It is more fun than killing wild game in the forest. And so on. Oh, the most dangerous game reference. Yep, in that, that is where that gets in um, on there. Yeah, and for people who haven't seen that movie, I would recommend giving it a watch. Or read the book. Yeah, the book too. The book from what is I hear, awesome. I haven't read it. <laughs> I I haven't actually read it, but my one of my grade school teachers read it to the class back in the olden days when teachers actually taught shit. Um, uh. <laughs> Um, it was not uncommon. Uh, I had many of my teachers who would spend a little bit of time every day reading uh, an entire book through the school year. Oh, nice. And uh, one of my teachers read that one. Well, there you go. Yeah, it was it was uh, fascinating. Um. I was just looking up to see where that was shown, too. Um, Oh, Wednesday, August 21st, 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. Yeah. If um, listeners want to set their DVRs to Turner Classic Movies, they're actually showing the most dangerous game on there. When's the last time you saw it? It's been probably about a year. Oh, okay. Still yeah. holds up pretty good, do you think? Oh, yeah, it's a good movie. It, you know, with a lot of really old movies, which getting back into the 30s, that's kind of the association for people. It gets into really old. With a lot of them, you know, people think, oh, it's going to be censored. They're going to be, you know, watching their P's and Q's right. and what have you. But um, the most dangerous game is actually falls into what's called the pre-code. Old movies. Oh, it was made before, before the, the Hayes production code. Before the self-censoring. Yep. So it has plenty of, you know, violence in it because of its nature. It's a, it's a really well-made horror flick. I do recommend checking it out. But Yeah, with Paul Stein, the SF cabbie who was murdered... Yeah. It was technically the last canonical victim in the Zodiac. Um, this was where you got SFPD Inspector Dave Toski on the beat, on the okay. case for uh, murder. And Toski, we had a picture of him with his partner, Inspector Armstrong, sitting at a desk, I thought. Oh, I bet we do. Let's see. But um, at any rate, with that, Toski was actually the main inspiration for Steve McQueen with Bullet. 
1968. Come on. Because he... Hold, I'm sorry. He I'm, I'm talking a, to myself, trying to find... <laughs> he already had a hell of a reputation as a detective. But even down to how um, Bullet wears his gun in that movie in 1968, McQueen took that from Toski. There he was. Was just up. Oh, it'll come back around. There aren't very many cop pictures. <laughs> yeah. By the way, the original Bullet Mustang is up for auction if you're in the market for an two million dollar plus uh car oh man i so would if i had the cash i'd buy it jesus who wouldn't buy that that freaking car chase is epic it's not just epic it's like the i mean it was the car chase that changed everything for car chases there's toski yeah toski um in the foreground and armstrong in the background Mm mm-hmm yeah, down to how he wears his gun. McQueen took that from him. But yeah, you're absolutely right with that car chase. I still think it's the best one that's ever been filmed. Absolutely. For one thing, it was all done practical in camera. It w- there, there was no such thing as digital effects in those days. Um, and, oh, yeah. And you, you can't... There, there's something about practical effects that you just cannot um, replicate in a computer. Oh, absolutely. Well, and you have, on top of that, Steve McQueen doing a lot of his own driving. Right. He was a total race car guy. He was a car guy. He raced Le Mans. Um, Yep. He was... Motorcycles, too, if you watch The Great Escape. Motorcycles. He did his own... uh, Motorcycle stunts for Great Escape. Uh, oh, when he was when he was uh, <laughs> filming Le Mans, he actually took his took a Porsche out with uh, one of the um, um, actresses from the film and crashed it because he was drunk and it was raining and almost killed them both. Oh damn! I hadn't heard that. Yeah, King Cobra says I like the car chase in Blues Brothers. I like that one too, especially when they do what they do to the neo Nazis in it. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's a great movie. Everybody too. learned from Bullet, though. Yeah, it yeah. Cha- it changed the entire concept of a car chase from Keystone Cops to well, Bullet. Yep, it set that standard, man. And McQueen, like I said, got so much of that character from Dave Toski. I think there was another guy that he took um, bits and pieces from, too. I can't remember his name, but I think he was NYPD in Brooklyn, if I'm remembering correctly. But Toski was the majority of it. And yes, that does even go down to how much the guy liked um, Animal Crackers, if you watch Fincher's Zodiac. Oh, yeah. (laughs) What was that all about? Yeah, he liked him. I mean, he liked him that much where he would have him around. I like I him could, too, actually. I guess he could call him his thinking food. I mean, you think it, you know, you liked him as a kid. Why the hell wouldn't you still like him? I <laughs> every now and then I'll still buy me a box or two because they're good. They are good. Yeah, they really are. 
They are. So why not? Definitely. <laughs> the whole but point you know, of being a fucking adult is to get the shit you couldn't get as a kid. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, oh, yeah. And then it, that still does not end Zodiac Cinematic Associations either. Um, yeah. Dirty Harry in the original movie. He fought a villain called Scorpio, which yeah. was actually very modeled very, on Zodiac. Very closely modeled, except for the fact that Dirty Harry, of course, catches the, the bad guy. Yep. But modeled down to the terrorist threat on a school bus. Yes. That, Zodiac you know, sent that in one of his letters saying he was going to blow up a bus and, quote, pick off the little kitties as they come bouncing out. This was part of him just creating terror. Honestly, I don't think he would have done it even if he could have. But, well, and, yeah. it, and it goes into, um, you know, once Zodiac had the hearts and minds, so to speak, of the of the cops and the press, he started claiming to murders that he had no possibility of having committed. Yep. Exactly. And he threatened and he threatened murders that he never would never carried out. Yep. That was him indeed. Um yeah, it was around that time as well where the um famous appearance on the Jim Dunbar TV show happened. Oh that was man. where we don't have a Marvin Belli picture. Uh, Melvin Belli. Melvin yeah. Belli. Um, there's some real questions whether that was Zodiac that called in. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. The um, What happened was, this is in the midst of the Zodiac terror spree in San Francisco. Jim Dunbar's show gets a call claiming to be Zodiac, and he says, I'm going to call back at such and such time. You're going to have famous attorney Melvin Belli on the air to give me counsel. Okay, so, so, the, so, so the request, the, the demand was legit, right? It may have been, it may not have been. Uh, Melvin Belli was very much in the public eye, too. He, and, was, the, and uh, he, was, he one, was the attorney for the Rolling Stones at Altamont, their famous concert. He there. was the attorney for a lot of famous cases he was yep uh he was you know the 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 term uh, ambulance chaser for low-level um attorneys chasing um personal injury cases oh sure well, yeah melvin belli was a rolls royce chaser yeah yeah you can put it that way <laughs> this is true but um yeah, at any rate, they were going to do that, and they said, you know, to the viewing audience, please keep the lines clear so whoever this is can call in. Um, they call in, and they talk to the guy. The guy says his name is Sam, and that he gets headaches, and when he kills, they go away. Well, the problem with that yeah. was they ended up tracing Sam's call to a mental institution. Right. So this definitely was not Zodiac who called back. And and Zodiac never used ever used the name Sam. No. No, it does not at all point to a letter or anything of that nature. What was the year for that? 
that was i want to say 1969 still maybe 1970 okay. so well before son of sam so he oh, yeah. couldn't have got it from that so he was probably just telling the truth or one of his many personalities whoever the guy who was in the mental hospital was yeah Yep, um, and in fact, if you do a little bit of research, you can find a clip of that on um, YouTube, of that call into Jim Dunbar's show. So, um, you know, and uh, King Cobra had an interesting comment above that I wanted to acknowledge and refer to, where yeah. he said perhaps the Elliot Rogers-style rage what he meant there was incel style. Oh. Elliot Roger was essentially the incel godfather for modern incels, if I remember correctly. Please and, correct me. Please feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, King Cobra. But he went on a um, spree, as it were, in the early 2000s, I thought it was. Okay. Um, I would have to check that. Well, so why, why might, okay. So if you're going to bring up incels at this point, then we get have into to talk. Our suspects. We have to get into our suspects. Yep. 2014 Isla Vista massacre was Elliot Roger. He has seven dead, three by stabbing, four by gunfire, including the perpetrator. But, um, yeah, the suspects getting into them. The one that, for my money, is probably the best that you're going to run into out of all of them. And we've talked about some of the ways that people try to poke up fun yeah. at this with, like, Ted Cruz oh, in yeah. the Zodiac. You have people who are um, journalists and our self-styled uh, scholars in this try to point the finger at usually a relative saying like there was one guy who said oh my dad's the zodiac and basically it was just oh i found his name in the um, end of the cipher and plus he kind of looks like the composite okay there's not there's not really a whole lot of solid scholarship or info behind any of those but there's a couple who do have more um info in their corner as it were than the others and the first one of those is arthur lee allen he had his driver's license just up yeah if we could scroll back to that well, that's not how it works, but let me see what I can do. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I'll just keep talking until it comes back around. Um, Arthur Lee Allen was the one who was spotlighted in Fincher's movie about the Zodiac, and I'm trying right. to remember who – what's that guy's name who plays him? That the guy, guy. – yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent actor. He's a really fabulous like character actor. actor. John most, Carroll Lynch. Most That's people will know is. him from Fargo, I would say. Fargo, yes. John Carroll Lynch, who yes. played the husband in Fargo. He also played the um, killer clown in American Horror Story. Um, that was John Carroll Lynch, too, in that um, season of AHS. 
He but was, there he is. Yeah. Yeah. He played a he played a really bad guy opposite of um, Halle Berry in I'm looking for it scrolling 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 Halle Berry huh uh, come on I don't remember that one God he's he's done a lot of work Gothica oh okay yeah oh yeah I remember that now he was the sheriff in that. yeah okay. Um, yeah, this, but Arthur been, Lee this guy's Allen. been busy as fuck. <laughs> yeah, um, we actually which is good. I like him. I like him. Um, we actually interviewed him at the 405. It wasn't me. It was the person who was co-editing with me. Oh, at that cool. time, interviewed him. But yeah, um, Arthur Lee Allen, born in 1933 in California. Um, Kind of self-styled as a loner, as his friends, the few of them, would say. Um, History of rage and of a lot of anger towards authority. And this also gets into what may have been a um, precipitating event for him, a triggering event, as it were. When he was fired from his job at an elementary school. For molesting the children. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, what he told his friends about that was that they fired him for carrying a forty-four Magnum. But come to find out later on, it was, you know, that, oh yeah, they fired you for touching kids. Molesting. Um, He was a pedo. Yes. Yes. so so, So why then go shoot? Uh, you know, couples. Well, and this gets into, you have to understand a few things about this guy's sexuality. Mm -hmm. The um, other big thing that I think likely would have formed it quite a bit was him having crypt orchidism as a kid. And what that, I didn't know what that was till today when I was reading about this. Crypt orchidism, it usually just occurs in one testicle, but Arthur Lee Allen had it in both testicles. It's where they don't drop. Oh. And that, his that, that could be um so how old was he when they when they dropped? He was about 13, 14. I still he had it undiagnosed, so I'm still trying to figure that out as best I can. How you could go that many years without knowing that. That just seems weird to me, even if you didn't go to a doctor. But, um, yeah, you had that in there. And he, he also told some of these same friends that he was talking to about being fired that the sounds of children screaming while being beaten would turn him on. Jesus. Yeah. No kidding. So you have, uh, you know, all of that going on. Um, you know, that gets back to, again, what you were saying with the psychology of Zodiac. Why go around and shoot people if that's the case? Yeah. And that's it, really, a, that's a good question there. But um, I do know as well, this is more circumstantial evidence, but his favorite book was The Most Dangerous Game. Oh, right. The um, first time that the 
SF detectives actually talked to him. He was wearing a Zodiac brand watch, too. No kidding. That's That seems a little bit careless. <laughs> you would think so. But, yeah, he was wearing yeah. that at the time. Which, by the way, the logo for the Zodiac watch is what he, the Zodiac killer, adopted for his own logo. Right. The, the one that looks like a, a gun sight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's... It, I don't, it does not, to me, it does not at all look like a gun sight. If you've ever seen a gun sight and how those things are marked, it doesn't look anything like a fucking gun sight. It's a circle with like one in practice. It's a circle with a plus in through the middle. Right. I mean, it doesn't look like one in practice, but it does look like one in theory. I mean, it's theoretically what most people think of when they think of a gun sight is a circle with the cross through it like that, I think. But Which is interesting because he never used a long gun. <laughs> yeah. So, so Yeah, he never did. Yeah. It's he only it's, used a pistol. Right. It's stupid to think that's a gun sight, I personally, in my personal opinion. Um But you know, uh Robert Graysmith, who is the subject of the 2007 Zodiac is Jake Gyllenhaal's character in it. Yeah. The um, real cartoonist. He worked as a cartoonist for the SF Chronicle. Right. Um, he has chronicled a bunch of different, um, a bunch of different sources that place um, Arthur Lee Allen in the general area of each of these murders when they occurred too. Oh. Was well, part of that. Through, through witness accounts or, like, receipts or... I think a bit of both. Yeah, okay. I would have to check the uh, sources in the bibliography of his book, but, yeah, that's another part of what it was. And then you have, in now, 1991... Well, didn't didn't uh, he go to jail for a period of time? Arthur Lee Allen? Yeah. Um... Man, he was in jail for something besides the molestation, I thought. I think it was a weapons charge that had him in jail before that. I can't remember what exactly it was, but... Yeah. Okay. But, um, yeah, the other thing in 1991 was... They showed um, Arthur Lee Allen's picture to Michael Majot in a non-sequential lineup meaning they just basically mixed it in with a bunch of other photos and gave him instructions saying, "Does do any of these men look like the one who shot you the night of um, that night in 1969? Yeah. And he ended up fingering Arthur Lee Allen for it. Wow. Huh. So. Fingering. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's, um, that's appropriate. <laughs> but yeah, for my money, he's probably one of the better ones with that um and the oh and the other connection that was with him there was one of the um early victims i think it was donna farron supposedly knew her attacker if you go by um the way that she was acting that night that she knew this person who was chasing them in a car and who was pulling up and um, Graysmith, in talking to her sister, who was in prison for something else, um, 
in the 70s with that said that there was this weird guy who used to come by a lot, who used to bring her presents from Tijuana, was what she said. Hmm. Um, but he came by in for a painting party that they were having where people just come by, drink beer, and, you know, right. paint a house. Like a but barn he, raising, but for city people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> this guy comes by wearing a nice, you know, um, black suit and just sits in the corner. To a painting party. Yeah. Yeah, and as she said that the guy who came by went by Lee. Uh, so, which, you know, you... Which Arthur Lee Allen did. He preferred his middle name, right? Yes. Now, the one thing that kind of points away from him, they tested his DNA against some of them on the um, Zodiac envelopes where they were licked. Yeah. And they didn't get a match. But, but there's two reasons why that might not matter. First of all, there's some scientists who say that that, one, that sample is so degraded you can't really get anything good off of it. So they didn't then, say it was inconclusive. They said it was a n not a match. Well, no, they said that it was inconclusive with that. Okay. And it, there, that was the first reason. The second reason why that might not matter is the friend of Arthur Lee Allen, Don Cheney, had said that it was his habit to get somebody else to lick his envelopes for him or his stamps when he was putting them on. So well, it wouldn't be his anyway. But that's that's very interesting because DNA testing was, you know, a couple of decades away still. Oh, exactly. Yeah, there's no reason that he should have been afraid of it back then. Yeah. Unless he's just that hyper paranoid. Um, you know, if, right, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, he could have been, you know, if he was a germaphobe, but there's no evidence of that. Um, you know, you used to be able to get these little squeeze bottles with a sponge tip to, to moisten, um, the glue on Stamps envelopes and, and yeah. envelopes. Yeah. Could have done that. That's true. And then, uh. You know, not everybody licked envelopes. Some people didn't like them. Uh, yeah. yeah. And for whatever reason, Don Chaney had said that Arthur Lee Allen, um, that was his habit, was to have somebody else lick his envelopes. Oh, and then the other one with that, that for whatever reason I didn't write down with my notes, yeah. when he was drinking with Arthur Lee Allen on New Year's Eve of 1969, he evidently... You know, Alan is a three sheets to the wind, and he's talking to his buddy, and he's saying, you know, if I were ever a criminal and doing a crime spree, I would go by Zodiac. <laughs> and this was before any of the murders occurred. Wow. So, you have that as well. Yeah. Hey, people, if you're, if you're going to be a killer, don't tell your friends how you're going to do it. <laughs> and what Loose your, lips. What your chips. code name is going to be. <laughs> No shit. But, yeah, for my money, he's probably the best one you're going to find. Of All it. right, so so who who are some of the other people that have been put forward as possible Zodiacs? 
Now, another one that's been proffered has been the same person who killed the Black Dahlia. I'm still not totally sure how that one works out, because it's completely different. Even if you look at how we know Zodiac's MO evolved, it is way, way different from how Elizabeth Short was killed. Right. And, you know, to refresh people's memory with that, um, she was the one who, in 1947, in L.A., was bisected and left at a corner surgically bisected and left there um some people for whatever reason there have said her um you know another one that's actually been proffered and i'm not totally sure how this would even link up but i could see it a little bit more closely because their personalities might line up a little bit more was actually ted kaczynski the Unabomber. Really? The Unabomber? Yeah. Again, That's... I wouldn't put a whole lot of stock in it, but I could see it more than I could see the killer okay, of Elizabeth so, Short. So where was the Unabomber found? In Idaho? I Montana, think Montana, so. something oh, like that? Something like that. Way the fuck out into Nowheresville. Yeah. Um... That I don't buy that. I don't. The, the it's so different. So here is different. here is an article from the San Francisco Daily Gate that is titled "Kaczynski Zodiac Killer Same Guy." If I can copy it, my stupid laptop. We will drop that in the chat. Yep, Mister Deadman knows who Elliot Roger was. <laughs> I would classify Elliot Roger as a domestic terrorist, just like a lot of them. You know, there are there are some serial killers who want to cause terror. Um, Bundy was, yeah. for example, was not one of those. Green River Killer was not one of those. BTK was not. But the ones who go to the media and the cops and start, you know, trying to get attention on themselves, I would mm -hmm. say, obviously the the DC snipers. Um, mm -hmm. Some yeah, some were trying to cause terror, but others just wanted to kill. Yeah, I think it's unequivocal that Zodiac wanted to cause terror. And that that was even, in a lot of ways, his main um, preoccupation. And then let's see. Um, if you bring in another possible victim, who was Donna Lass, um, disappeared in 1970 in Lake Tahoe. Yeah. She's not totally considered canonical with the Zodiac, which is why, as I said at the beginning, I didn't group her in. Um. But some people do. And if you bring her into this, there's a guy named Lawrence Kane who worked in the same Lake Tahoe, Lake Tahoe Hotel as Lass. Um, okay. He served in the Naval Reserves where he, might have been learned, where he might have learned cryptography coding and he would have had access to Wingwalker boots. Um, this guy, though, was interesting. He had a brain injury. From a 1962 oh. car accident. Um, and this injury 
In particular, they had said, impaired his ability to control his urges. So it was likely his frontal lobe injured. Mm -hmm. Um, He was arrested for being a peeping Tom in 1961 and prowling in 1968. Um, Hmm. Let's see, that was a retired cop well, investigating here's a, here's all Here's these. the problem with that, is, is that Zodiac had pretty good impulse control, I would say. He absolutely did. Definitely more than a lot of serial killers. So this brain-injured guy doesn't fit that, I would say. That's my claim. No, I would agree with you there. In fact, I think that possibly the only killer with comparable impulse control to Zodiac was BTK. Yeah. Yeah, BTK had some long-ass cooling-off periods. Years. Yep. But then when you um, factor in what he did to his victims, too, he didn't just shoot them. That was, yeah, just, wow. Let's see. Um, oh, yeah, and Ross Sullivan is another suspect. And this one, this is a guy who was suspected in the 1966 murder of Sherry Joe Bates in Riverside, California. This is another one that is non-canonical, but was actually um, connected to Zodiac through uh, Paul Avery, in the, who was a... Uh, uh-huh. Writer at the San Francisco Chronicle. Robert Downey Jr.'s character in the movie. Right. He was the one who connected Sherry Jo Bates, who was murdered in um, Riverside down by L.A., uh, Southern California. That didn't really hold up, though, did it? No. No, it didn't. Um, so what about, what about Kathleen Johns? That's a very strange case. Up that really Modesto is Modesto in 1970. That... No, it, it absolutely is. So was that Zodiac or was it not? That's that might have been one that he just took credit for. And the funny thing was, she didn't even die. Exactly. She somehow escaped from a moving vehicle while pregnant and with a baby. Yeah. Yeah, she gets picked up on, you know, a highway after being followed by a guy in a car who says, there's a problem with your rear wheel, let me tighten it up. You know, and come to find out what's he do, he loosens the lug nuts on it, and the wheel falls off. And luckily, you know, he's still behind her, so he picks her up. And then as they're driving, he says, I'm going to kill your baby in front of you, and then I'm going to kill you. And somehow she manages to get out of the car and flag down traffic from it. So, was that Zodiac? Was he, like you said, just taking credit there? I don't know. Yeah. It would certainly fit with um, with terror being the main thing here. The main object for him. The main goal, drive, or desire being to just inflict terror. Which that would sort of that would make him a sadist in one sense of the term. Sure. Um, definitely not like your classic serial killer, but you know, even if they never find out for certain 
who the Zodiac is, yeah. if he's still living, I honestly think you might see him confess to it before he dies. It would be very close to his deathbed, though. He seems to me to be the type who would want the record set straight. If possible. True. Well, uh, Arthur Lee Allen, though, he, well, died. Arth- he did die. Well, Arthur Lee Allen, that's one thing I forgot to say there with him. It was when the cops were going to interview him a second time that they um, he actually died unexpectedly of a heart attack. Yeah. But you know what they ended up finding in his living space that second time, right? Bomb-making materials, pictures of bombs, and Zodiac paraphernalia. Okay, bomb-making materials. That's pretty broad. Um, Materials that could have been used when he sent the letter about building the bomb to blow up a school bus. Put it that way. That's part of what they found. He was very specific in that letter about how he was going to do it. Right. And come to find out, when they look at Arthur Lee Allen's house a second time, he had the stuff needed for it there. You know, my, my only gripe with that terminology is that, you know, anybody who builds shit with their own hands um, probably has what could be classified as, quote, bomb-making materials. Do you have some pipe laying around? Yeah. Do you have some wires? Yeah. (laughs) You know, do you have an old alarm clock? Yeah. (laughs) Well, like I said, this was very specific only because of that letter. I mean, yeah, yeah. They knew what they were looking for because of that. It was a bomb that somehow involved, um, I thought it was fertilizer and cooking oil. That basically it turns this stuff into a landmine when something would drive over it. What's the whole thought process there? Um, but yeah, and yeah, that you know, I could understand having some of the other zodiac paraphernalia they said he found. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you're an innocent guy and all that, you figure, well, hey, I might as well educate myself a little bit on this guy that they say I am, right? You know. Yeah. So I can understand that. But. I, yeah, it's, it's to me, to me, it's, uh, the, it can be, it can be problematic when the police have, you know, an image in their mind and then you go and find evidence to support that. Well, you know, a lot of innocent stuff could be, could look guilty when you have that mindset. Oh, sure. Myopia. Myopia. Yeah. The detective's paradox. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Although I think it was more than that when you're talking about Arthur Lee Allen, though. Oh, yeah. I I, I don't disagree with that part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, there, was, there was plenty of stuff going on with him. Um, no, sure. I don't think there was a movie with John Cusack about Zodiac. <laughs> you mean Jake Gyllenhaal, Kelly? Yeah, yeah. John Cusack would have been a horrible Zodiac, sorry. <laughs> Unless you're trying to implicate him somehow. Or doing a comedy version. 
Um, he got the Zodiac. He named himself Zodiac in his letters, basically. In his first letter to the editors, he he named himself Zodiac. Yep. There's more of the funny shit. Beta O'Rourke on the victims list. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I... It's probably one of those things that'll never be solved. I mean, the Golden State Killer case gives you a little bit of hope that maybe they could use the developing terminologies or, you know, the um, the the procedures they developed there maybe could be used this way, too. I'm not sure. Um, as far as I know, Kelly, the only other connection with the zodiac was the um, zodiac alphabet from the middle ages that he would sometimes use in his coding yeah he, symbols he, that he, is he pulled symbols from many different um sources including naval semaphores um, yep that as we 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 did mention earlier that the the zodiac symbol and name uh came from a watch maker Yes, that too. Those things coupled together had that. Um, what do you think? So, so somebody, some, you know, those the math teachers solved his first uh, cipher pretty damn quick. I mean, like within days, right? About three days. Well, yeah. if no, actually about two if you count their mail in there so but then there's the the ciphers that have not been solved at all um see if, if that was me i totally would have just you know written a normal message that i would have and then fucked with the symbol symbologies just to throw them off just scramble some shit up to up just to make it unsolvable um, I mean, because that, but because you know, I think he wanted the attention of having it unsolved. I, Could be, I don't know. I mean, to me, to me, there's this, there's this um, dynamic tension in people like this, where they, they, you know, they want the police and the newspapers chasing him, but they don't want the chase to end. Yeah. I mean, they like that feeling. They like right. that high from it. And so they don't want to make it easy to be, you know, to be solved. Well, you know, that goes back to um, where he may have more clearly demonstrated that type of behavior. And I'm, of course, with that thinking of where he when he killed Paul Stein, the cabbie. Right. You're going to vary it up radically right. with what happened and see if they could catch me. You know, it's almost like he did it to challenge himself. So uh, Kelly asked if he stopped because he was arrested on other charges. So there was there was a several year gap in Zodiac activity that actually 
directly coincides with um, Arthur Lee Allen being in jail. Yes. Yep. There and, is with and those were weapons charges. Did you say? I thought it was a weapons charge. I'd have to look again. Some sort of weapons charge. I didn't think he was ever incarcerated on the kids, on the molestation. <sighs> I don't see anything in this. Uh, two year. Served two years for committing lewd, ex, lewd sex acts on a 12-year-old boy in 1974. Yeah, that would have been one of them, but I thought there was a separate one. I thought one there was too. a longer one. Yeah. Um, let's see, there's Don Cheney. Let's see. Oh, and I, I failed to mention, he enlisted in the Navy as well, Arthur Lee Allen. Mm-hmm. The Wing Walkers. By the way, which could have been purchased at any uh, army surplus store in the country. Yep. So Size 10 and a half. I mean, it's an interesting correlation, but it doesn't really by itself prove anything. Simply uh, because, uh, you know, the, the Army-Navy surplus stores were doing big business in the 70s. Well, and, you know, another problem with this whole case was their over-reliance on analyzing that handwriting, too. Right. Which is, at best, inexact. Yeah. At best, it's inexact, and at worst, it's not a science at all. It's an art. Right. Because you're literally looking at two different pictures. But, yeah, that was another problem when you get into that. They put so much reliance on that, and then Arthur Lee Allen turns out to, to be, be ambidextrous. Ambidextrous, yeah. You know, he could write, um, he was dominant with his left hand, but he could still write pretty well with his right hand. And, um, and the claim by the um, handwriting experts that you can't alter up your handwriting is, you know, it's bullshit on the face. Yep. You can deliberately write differently. Absolutely can. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. But yeah, I just, I wish they hadn't put so much emphasis on that from the beginning. Mm -hmm. I mean, granted, they didn't have a whole lot to work with. But they could have instead looked at, like, the content of the letter. And even with the um, telephone calls that he made... They could have done a linguistic analysis. Right. Absolutely. Looking at what you can tell of his voice. Yeah. Uh, get somebody, some, you know, some uh, Henry Higgins type in there and say, oh, this guy grew up, you know, here and here and here. And he's got these influences. Oh, his parents were from Saskatchewan or whatever the fuck. Right? Oh, yeah. You can hear those tiny, subtle um, interesting bits in the spoken language. Well, and they um, actually, this is on the special features for the Zodiac DVD. Yeah. And it's also on YouTube. They talked to a linguistic an analyst about it. Oh. 
And they said that um, Arthur Lee Allen would fit it. Oh, cool. Considering, you know, the California cadence and all that. But, you know, they also talked to, like, um, geographic profiling was another thing that they were doing with that. Um, and, you, you know, just bringing to bear all these other sciences that are only now being refined. Right. And a big part of that is, is because they just didn't have the statistical info to do that in, you know, the 60s. They didn't have that on criminals until, you know, the 70s getting into the 80s. Yeah, getting on a computer in the 70s was expensive. Yeah, exactly. But, and that's one of those things that will probably never be solved. Probably not. Probably not. But in so the cartoonist guy, what was it? Gray Smith. Gray Smith, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the interesting notes at the end of the movie was that uh, once Alan died, he stopped getting these um, uh, threatening phone calls. Threatening phone calls, yeah. Although with the threatening, it was just somebody breathing on the other end of the line. Yeah, that's creepy as shit, right? Oh, yeah. Definitely. I mean, for my money, it's Arthur Lee Allen, but I could be wrong. That whole entire thing could be wrong. It could be Ted Cruz's dad who also killed JFK. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, people do, as we mentioned earlier, people do not like these unsolved cases. They no, do not like these unsolved. They do not like these unsolved puzzles, and so they will grasp at any fucking straw to yep. try and, and resolve that. Um, Gray Smith wrote, did Gray Smith write the book on Zodiac? Did he ever publish that? He did. He actually wrote two books on him. Okay. Zodiac and then Zodiac Unmasked. Two of them. Wow. Yep. Obsession, man. <laughs> That's really what it is. Especially with that cipher. I mean, I would find it very hard to believe that somebody could outwit some of the supercomputers and experts that like the CIA or DOD has, but I don't know. Maybe manage to do it. You know, it seems like that would be part of, um, uh, a (laughs) crypto cryptography cracking course, solve the Zodiac puzzle. Oh Yeah. One would think so, but I don't know. I've never taken one of those either, so never taken a course in cryptography. I have not either. Although I, I did start rereading Cryptonomicon by Neil Stevenson. I haven't read it in a long time. Um, oh, wow. And it's fascinating how the tech does not age well. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, one of them had already been solved, Kelly. It was one that was cracked by two high school teachers. The first one. Yep. 
Yep, they solved it in a matter of a couple days and sent it back to the paper. Wait, when did you start? 9.30, right? We've been going for an hour and a half, Kelly. Yep. <laughs> One hour, 32 minutes. All righty. But I think that kind of wraps it up for us. I think we've kicked the shit out of Mr. Zodiac. Next week. Yes, next week we're doing uh, Weird dubious defenses. defense claims. Yep. The devil Stop made me do it. Stop by for that. <laughs> I bet Twinkies, that's in man. there somewhere. Twinkies. <laughs> I ate too many Twinkies. Killed somebody from hyperglycemia. Uh, yeah, it happens all the time. <laughs> the neighbor's dog told me. Well, yeah, you could, in all reality, group Berkowitz in there. Exactly. The neighbor's dog, yeah. Right? Yep. yep okay. Those, and we'll have a guest for that show, won't we? I believe we will have a guest next week. Perfect. Yes. Looking forward to that. Somebody we haven't had on for quite some time now. It's time to redo that. I don't think we have ever had her on this show. Maybe on Dead Man's Tome, but not on oh. this one. Not on real monsters. Right. Right, right, right. I was I was getting ahead of myself. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> all all right. right. Thank you, everybody. Click like. Share the fucking video. Subscribe, too, subscribe if you get a chance. If you haven't subscribed. Uh, let's, uh, we got a lot of views, by the way, off of last week's, um, 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 Manson Manson show. We got a lot of views, you know, I still can't believe I only referred to my notes twice throughout that. Yeah. You know what? He sticks in the head pretty well. He does. He really does. All righty. Have a good one, all. Have good a good night, night, everybody. Good night.